A new chapter in the gun control debate after the tragic shooting in Florida. This amidst more controversy at the White House. Today I'll talk with Indiana Senators Todd Young and Joe Donnelly. Plus, big news at the State House with a key Republican retiring and news that we could see Sunday alcohol sales even sooner than anticipated. And tomorrow we could know more about the fate of embattled Council President Stephen Clay. It's all ahead this Sunday in Focus. Exploring the issues that matter most in Indiana. This is In Focus with Dan Spieler. Another busy week in the news. Late Friday came word the Justice Department was indicting 13 Russian nationals for using social media and other methods to try and affect the outcome of the 2016 election, in many cases supporting Donald Trump's campaign. This news came Friday, the same day President Trump left D.C. to travel to grief-stricken Florida. No child, no teacher should ever be in danger in an American school. No parent should ever have to fear for their sons and daughters when they kiss them goodbye in the morning. So many words of sorrow this week after the deadly shooting in Florida. But will it lead to any change as the debate over gun control continues in the wake of this latest mass shooting? Good morning. So many headlines today. I'm Dan Spieler. As we continue to learn more disturbing information about the suspected gunman, the conversation is also shifting to the issue of guns. And this week I spoke on the record with Indiana Senator Todd Young. I want to get your reaction to the shooting in Florida and, and also this conversation about, about guns and the concerns about these shootings uh, seemingly happening again and again. Some in politics and a lot of people outside of politics asking if Congress will do anything on the issue of guns. This happens nowhere else. Let's try to do those things that can keep these powerful weapons out of the hands of people who shouldn't have them. Is, is there anything in terms of, of background checks, legislation dealing with guns and, and mental illness that, that you'd be willing to support? So, Dan, thank you for asking. Uh, let me first uh, sort of speak on behalf of all Hoosiers. I know they share my sentiment. Uh, that uh, this is an unthinkable tragedy, and unfortunately, as you say, uh, we've seen this before. And uh, it's really important that we don't forget to mourn the victims, which is something we're doing right now, and also collect all the facts so that we can properly address this and related situations. Um, we know that mental health issues have been front and center on Capitol Hill and beyond. That's a good thing, uh, but there's no doubt more work to be done on that front. And we need to make sure that mentally ill people don't have access to firearms. And I know that'll be a point of emphasis as, as we learn more and, and uh, develop our policy agenda moving forward. This was a young man who bought an AR-15 that, that had a lot of issues that some people seem to be aware of. Uh, could a more extensive background check have raised some red flags here? You know, we're still gathering facts there. We know uh, very little, uh, as you said. Uh, we know this was a, a disturbed individual. Uh, we know that um, uh, he uh, was able to get an access uh, to firearms. Uh, I, I don't know anyone, any responsible American, who, who thinks that mentally ill people Person, uh, a person clearly that, that has issues like this should get access to firearms. So um, I'll be working with my colleagues in a bipartisan way to, um, you know, take whatever measures are necessary to ensure that uh, we minimize and, and hopefully ultimately eliminate the extent to which this happened. I don't have a, you know, a magic answer for this. It needs to be a national discussion. 
many of these uh, tragedies, especially the school tragedies, have resulted from folks with mental health issues. So we clearly have to have a broader discussion about uh, about mental health treatment, some of which we're having here in Indiana right now. Obviously, it's an issue that, that will continue to be debated uh, and talked about in the news. You're also focusing on something here in the coming weeks to deal with some of our most vulnerable communities that also does touch on broadly on some of these issues like safety and, and mental health. How do you prioritize some of those issues in a way that can make a difference here in Indiana and elsewhere? Well, my priorities are driven by Hoosiers' priorities, and that's why we've kicked off uh, what I call the Fair Shot Agenda. Uh, this is something that uh, is going to be taking me uh, around the state of Indiana next week and then beyond. Uh, as long as I'm serving uh, the people of Indiana, it's my intention to make sure that uh, every Hoosier uh, can realize their own version of success. More of that interview on our website. couple of Indiana Democrats weighing in as well on the Florida shooting. Congressman Andre Carson said, My heart breaks for the lives lost. Mass shootings have become unacceptably commonplace. We can and must do better. We cannot have another moment of silence without action. Senator Donnelly also tweeting about the tragedy, though he did not specifically mention the issue of guns. I did speak with Senator Donnelly Wednesday before the shooting about a number of other issues in D.C. that he and Senator Young have both been asked about in the midst of another controversial week in Washington. I am totally opposed to domestic violence of any kind. Everyone knows that. And it almost wouldn't even have to be said. This after days of controversy involving former White House aide Rob Porter. He, Rob Porter should have been fired a long, long time ago. The FBI told the White House that he had abused his spouses, that he had um, inflicted physical harm on them. And even after that, he was allowed to remain to work at the White House. I in no way, shape, or form understand what he was still doing there and why it was allowed to continue. Let me start by acknowledging what uh, I think everyone uh, agrees. Domestic violence uh, is, is reprehensible, and um, we, we have to make sure that uh, it's addressed in a very uh, serious way. Uh, in this case, uh, whatever reporting mechanism was in place, uh, there was a breakdown in the reporting mechanism. And so uh, we need to figure out where that breakdown occurred, and then people need to be held accountable. The Senate has now rejected President Trump's immigration bill, and that means they've now rejected four separate immigration proposals. A federal judge saying this afternoon that the government at least temporarily must restart the DACA amnesty program. Where do you stand on this? Do the Dreamers d deserve a fair shot? Yeah, so I, uh, I support the president's proposal. I thought it was generous and thoughtful, and it touched uh, on uh, the various areas that I've been emphasizing for some period of time because I know it reflects where most Hoosiers are in this issue. Dan Coates warning there should be no doubt Russia could be targeting the 2018 U.S. midterm elections. We face a complex, volatile, and challenging threat environment. You're obviously on the ballot in 2018 in a big midterm election. How concerned are you about this report that, that Russia is still and will continue to meddle and uh, over reports that the White House has not done very much to confront this issue? Well, Senator Coates is a friend of mine, um, was my colleague, the senior senator when I was a junior senator. Uh, we work very closely together on a lot of things, and I, I've always trusted his judgment. There's no doubt that the Russians are uh, involved in trying to meddle in the 2018 elections. They were deeply involved in our presidential elections in 2016, and um, I expect that they are going to continue to ramp up 
their efforts. We have to take this seriously. President Trump signed a new law today sparked by the sex abuse scandal involving former USA Gymnastics team doctor Larry Nassar. USA Gymnastics, um, like other uh, uh, Olympic and, and, and sports bodies uh, in the United States didn't have strict reporting requirements uh, when some misconduct occurred. And then there weren't uh, strong accountability mechanisms once reporting did occur. And so the legislation that the president has signed into law and that I helped introduce uh, would address both of these issues. The requirement is that that abuse claim immediately goes to the police to be investigated. And you would like to think that if this were in place uh, at the time, maybe we could have caught Larry Nasser after the very first uh, young lady. And we could have spared almost everyone this staggering heartache that occurred. Our obligation, my responsibility, is to protect um, all Americans, all Hoosiers, and all these young girls and all these athletes who have dealt with this incredible uh, tragedy. So much happening this week. We'll talk more about Senator Donnelly coming up and some new attack ads in the race for Senate. Plus some big news from the state Senate. A key Republican retiring. And there's also big news on Sunday sales. And tomorrow we could know more about the fate of embattled Council President Stephen Clay here in Indianapolis. Stick around. We'll be right back. All right, let's bring in our panel now. Tony Samuel was vice chair of the Indiana Trump campaign in 2016, also joined today by Democrat Jamar Cobb-Denard, former GOP lawmaker Mike Murphy, and former communications director for the Indiana Democrats, Jennifer Wagner. So much to talk about this week, obviously, but first, these indictments in the Russia probe, another very big development in this investigation. What was your big takeaway? Uh, my big takeaway was Dan Coats. I think he did the right thing. I think that we still have a lot to learn about the situation. And if I were the president, I would not be out there tweeting that there was you know, no sign of collusion or collaboration. I want to wait and see what happens. Is the president vindicated at all, or is this just another chapter in uh, just one more chapter. Saga. There's more to come. I don't know how much more to come. I'm sure Tony will probably disagree. but. The Justice Department is very precise in these indictments. Every single word matters. And they said no evidence in this indictment. They didn't say for all time. This is today's indictment, and we move on to the next week after this. One of the things that they mention in this indictment is that one of the big goals for Russia here was to sow discord and sow division in our country. Mission accomplished, a lot of people would say. Right, and that discord and division is already here, and they're fluffing it up, right? But I'm, I'm glad that we're moving forward with this legal process because we have to get to the bottom of it. Uh, our elections should be sacred, and they should be ours. And this puts us in that direction. You heard Dan Coates earlier say there's no doubt Russia has meddled and will continue to meddle. Why hasn't the president said that more forcefully? He has. He has. Um, that's not the first thing uh, out of his mouth uh, because he's being attacked constantly on this. And these indictments, again, don't show collusion. I think that's it's still going to be the case, and he believes that, and, and, and I believe that, and I think a lot of the American people do, but it'll take time to, to get there. Uh, what I'd like to uh, point out is these came, the, the indictments say 2014, Russia started this in 2014. I think we need to look further back. Why would they just start this in 2014? You look at the history, uh, all uh, major powers have always tried to influence other countries' elections. We've done it, Russia's done it. We know they do it. It would have been great if the FBI could have stopped it before it happened. But I, I'd like to. I'd like for somebody to look further back to 2008, 2012. I bet they were doing it then. The too. president pointed out that it, it may have started in 2014, but in that tweet, he didn't say this needs to stop. 
No, and he hasn't said that. And I think he enjoys, to Jamar's point, he enjoys the disc, uh, the discourse, the discontent, the 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 meddling, um, the byproduct of which is, I think, him being elected. He made that tweet, uh, sent that tweet as he was headed down uh, to Florida. Obviously, these two stories in the news uh, making for another uh, frenetic Friday at the White House. Well, it's 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 a typical. I want to say typical because the Florida thing is not typical, but it's a typical uh, case of. Bad news, good news, bad news, you know, Trump uh, using tweets to uh, kind of distance himself from, from bad news and making things worse often. I just, I just think that he needs to, Doris Kearns Goodwin was in town this week and said he needs two Twitter accounts, one that just goes off into Never Never Land that nobody ever gets to see, and one that's really him. He's got to learn how to communicate. He still hasn't learned it. He may never. There's no way that the president enjoys this kind of thing because it's gotten in the way of the positive news uh, from his agenda and all the accomplishments that he's that he's had over the last year. So I disagree with that. I also, you know, want to make a point that yeah, this has uh, this has brought about a lot of chaos throughout the year. If you're Russia, that's exactly what you wanted from both sides. You've got Russia interfering with the elections. Uh, uh, on the Republican side, but also on the Democrat side, uh, colluding with the Democrat Party and, and Fusion GPS and and the uh, the uh, uh, the Steele uh, dossier and all of that. I mean, there's they have they have created this last year of chaos uh, in the news media, um, and and it's getting in the way of quickly Trump's, Trump's positive agenda. Had their way, he would quit tweeting every time something happens in one of these investigations. He would keep. His, his Twitter mouth shut, so to speak. And again, that latest tweet, as we mentioned, on his way to Florida. Let's change gears and talk about the Florida shooting because it has brought about a new national conversation on guns. This week we brought together Hoosiers on both sides of the gun debate. We see these awful shootings like Sandy Hook, Pulse Nightclub, Las Vegas, and now a school in Florida. And after each one of these, it seems we're back to the same debate. Why do you think that is? Bad things happen. I mean, all three of those were gun-free zones. And when you get people that don't obey gun laws um, and they want to do something evil like that, the first place they're going to look for is a, a, a place that's where, where people are defenseless. I disagree with that. Um, the, the mention of gun-free zones just doesn't uh, hit home. Um, these people went in there with a purpose. Uh, this was a former student at the school it wasn't because it was a gun-free zone. The Pulse nightclub, the individual went in for a purpose. Uh, so I don't, I don't agree with the whole uh, point of uh, gun-free zones. More of that conversation on our website as we once again bring in our panel here. And Jamar, just another explosive conversation in the wake of an awful tragedy. This is really tough, and it is awful. And hopefully this isn't just a lot of talk that we get from our leaders and our politicians, but action, and action to reduce the number of automatic and semi-automatic weapons in the hands of Americans. Uh, now, when you take this weapon, uh, apparently from 500 feet away, it can shoot through a steel helmet, and the scene of these shootings is a, a bloody massacre. We can't have this type of thing happening in America over and over and over, over a dozen times just this year. Uh, we've got to take some action to make a change. And in the midst of this, there's obviously been a lot of conversation as well about the NRA. They're always a big player in, in politics. And so this week, you've probably seen a lot of these figures 
uh, in various news articles talking about NRA donations uh, collected by Indiana politicians. Todd Young actually uh, among uh, the leaders in NRA recipients in the Senate, one of the top recipients, $2.9 million. And among Democrats from Indiana, Senator Donnelly also has received quite a bit of money from the NRA, six figures worth. As you saw earlier, he didn't really get into the gun issue in his statement. He is up for re-election this year. Mike, uh, the NRA, this conversation about guns, Will anything be done about this in Congress? Should something be done? Well, it hasn't been done yet, so I don't know. I know the NRA, and I'm a lifetime member of the NRA, and I have my own carry permit and all that, so I'm as NRA as you can get. But I do think they do overstep their bounds trying to get you know permission to have guns on camp college campuses, the exactly wrong place you want to have guns. They overstep their bounds quite often. But the, the situation in Florida, or wherever these mass shootings have taken place, they are just symptoms. They're symptoms of what I think, quite frankly, is not overstating to say we have a sick society. There were just as many guns around when I was a kid. I had never worried about guns in schools when I was in grade school or high school or college. There's something wrong about our values and the way we're raising our children and the way society is comporting itself, and guns are a tool. We have right. much deeper problems this than an AR-15. Mental health or guns, I no, guess. No, it absolutely doesn't. Make. And then, I mean, the problem is that, like this has happened in the past, folks on my side of the aisle immediately go to get rid of all the guns, and folks on Mike's side of the aisle say, well, you know, we need more good guys with guns. And it devolves into that kind of a discussion. Never does mental health come into it. And look, there are common sense gun regulations, and there are Democrats and Republicans who support those. I'm not sure a teenager does need an AR-15. That kid couldn't have gone and gotten an actual handgun in the state of Florida, but he could get an assault rifle. We have to have that conversation. We can't have that conversation because it just devolves into chaos. Quickly, Tony, are we going anywhere on this? I like what Mike said about society, and that's what I keep going back to. There's been a change over the last 30 or 40 years. We didn't see this when we were kids. Uh, it's, it's, it's a matter of parents uh, talking to their kids, uh, a more reliance on the church, uh, on religion. Uh, I, I think we're getting away from that. It's, uh, there's too much hatred in the world, whether it's mental illness or too many guns, there's too much hatred. And that has to be a, a, something that all families and all schools and all religions are talking about and dealing with. Otherwise, in 30 or 40 years, it's going to be worse. We've got to bring it back to where it used to be. Changing years now, as we mentioned, uh, Joe Donnelly is in the midst of a Senate campaign. Uh, we just mentioned uh, some of the some of the other items he's talking about this week. He's also dealing with a new round of ads from the Koch brothers and Americans for Prosperity. Senator Joe Donnelly said he'd support tax cuts for hardworking Hoosiers, but when he had the chance, he said no. It's a two million dollar ad buy statewide. How much will that vote against the tax bill? hurt Senator Donnelly in the race for the Senate? Ultimately, I don't think it's going to hurt that much. There are definitely Democratic forces that are going to come in and balance that ad out. I do think, though, I was reading this week a story about how Democrats are underestimating the it's still the economy stupid argument in this election cycle. I think that there is a uh, slightly more favorable attitude developing toward those tax cuts. I think Joe Donnelly will be just fine because he's explained why he voted the way he did. But it is worrisome that sometimes folks on my side forget that. That's going to be the messaging, though, that he voted against this Absolutely. bill. You're going to hear it all I mean, here. I have a lot of respect for Joe Donnelly. I think this is one of the dumbest things he's ever done. He may survive it because we Republicans don't have our act together yet on a, on a Senate campaign. Hopefully we get there. But, um, you know, we have thousands of Hoosiers are getting raises and bonuses directly because of this tax cut. And I think it's a good thing 
for Hoosiers and a bad thing that he voted against. There are a number of other headlines in that Senate race that we'll talk about on our podcast. Big news from the State House as well that we want to get to. The top Republican in the State Senate is retiring this week. State Senator David Long made that announcement this past week, saying he's ready to pass the torch on to the next generation of leaders. Time in the State Notice. House. And now it's, it's their time. Long also said, I want everyone to know I'm retiring for the right reasons, that it's time to go, because it's time and for no other reason. This is just the latest in a long line of departures, though, from the State House on both sides of the aisle. Also at the State House Sunday, alcohol sales getting closer to reality. A House committee passed the bill this past week. It came with an added amendment to make Sunday sales legal as soon as the bill is signed, instead of waiting till July 1st, when laws typically go into effect. Now that bill heads to the full house. And on the other end of Market Street, New City County Council President Stephen Clay could be removed from office tomorrow night. The council will vote at tomorrow's meeting. There have been a lot of legal discussions about this as well. We'll be right back with much more after this. The former first lady was in the Circle City this past week. Michelle Obama gave advice and shared stories with a sold-out crowd at Bankers Life Fieldhouse, taking part in a discussion focusing on empowering young women and children. Go to college, get your education, and, and put yourself in the game. You have to put yourself in the game, and you don't do that without being prepared. What I tell young people is that if you don't vote, you are essentially letting your grandmother choose the country you will live in. And we love grandma, but you wouldn't even let your grandma pick out a pair of shoes for you. The Indy Women's Fund still raised a million dollars from ticket sales for that event. They uh, help empower and support local women. That same night, former White House Chief of Staff Reince Priebus was in Indianapolis telling those in attendance that working closely with Vice President Pence was one of the great honors of his career. He shared stories of his time during the Trump administration, administration during that speech. Cameras uh, were not allowed inside. We'll be right back with this week's Winners and Losers right after this. All right, wrapping up with some final thoughts this week. Tony, winners and losers. Losers, the FBI, for making this tragic mistake. Um, we hadn't talked about it earlier, but that I just it's just heartbreaking. Reports they may have uh, received information on, on the shooter. Jamar? The winner here is the Women's Fund and the city of Indianapolis. Michelle Obama was fantastic. Mike? One winner, a Pence, but not Mike Pence, Linda Pence. She held off the Democratic lawsuit on Friday. And my loser has to be the families in Florida who, for whom Valentine's Day will never be the same. And I really hope we can do something as a nation to prevent these kind of tragedies in the future. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you again next week.